should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old lang syne for old lang syne, my Josh? For old lang syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old lang syne. Very good. I'm not done. Wish I had a, a candle. Okay. I'm not done. I'm not done. We twy high run about the braze and pood a green rings fine. But we've wandered money away, foot seen old lang syne. I'm just now for the first time, Josh, examining the lyrics of Auld Lang Syne. Okay. I don't know what language I'm reading here. It, it's it's uh, it's Scots, right? It's like Scottish. Old, like old Scottish. Scots. Scots. I don't recognize any of these words because the lyric is for old lang syne, my Joe, which is where I inserted my Josh, which is you, Josh Fielstead. Welcome to Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast. And then I later read a lyric that was, We twa high run about the braise and pud the gowans fine, which is I read as green rings fine. And that's me, Tanner Greenring, host of the Experience Share of the Pokemon Podcast. It's occurring to me that for the first time in my 35-year-long life, what does Auld Lang Syne mean? <laughs> I think it's like old, like, no. For the sake of old times? Is that right? Okay. Old times' sake, basically? For old times' sake, my Josh. For old times' sake, happy New Year's, bug catchers. Happy New Year. As promised, we are back with a non-canonical episode. It's a bonus episode that we do on this, a holiday Tuesday, because we are podcasting professionals. And we know you might not make it to... The penultimate and the final episode of season one. None of you are listening to this shit today. We can do whatever we want. You're all with your families uh, yeah. prepping for the New Year's. And let's hope you were not watching Snow Way Out, which we had to. Josh and I watched an episode of the anime this week. <laughs> I should also, disclaimer up top, we are recording this episode immediately following recording the Holiday Hijinks episode. Yeah. So we are in our cups. We're Lucy. We're Goosey. Our cups, cups of kindness, as all Lang Syne would say. We'll take a cup of kindness yet. <laughs> I'll need a couple of cups of kindness because this was not not the anime's finest. <laughs> Where we had too much to say about holiday hijinks, maybe way too much to say. <laughs> We have so little to say about Snow Way Out, but I tell you what, bug catchers, we're going to do our damnedest. We're going to do our damnedest to draw some kind of blood out of this radish. As hard as it was for Ash and the gang to get out of that mountain, it was to watch as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, fe- I felt so much like Ash. <laughs> Stuck on that mountain peak. Although I can also say, better to watch this than the episode that 
was supposed to precede it, which had to be canceled because it caused seizures. So this is this is deep Pokemon lore. And I do remember this happening when I was a kid. And I remember having to go on like WinMX and like find the episode. Yeah. Because I was so curious about like what could ever be, you know, little did I know about holiday hijinks. I was like, what Pokemon episode could ever be banned? Wait, so let's set up the timeline. Yeah. Holiday hijinks was episode 39. It was scheduled to be episode 39, but it didn't actually come out for another year. Oh. I think it was technically became episode like 65. Okay. The order was supposed to be episode 38, which became an incident. Yeah. Then holiday hijinks. Then this other episode that never even made it to air and is the reason that we had to do Snow Way Out instead of a, a New Year's episode because the one New Year's episode was called It's New Year's Eve Pocket Monsters Encore. That was supposed to come in between Holiday Hijinks and Snow Way Out. But because of the episode 38, it they just canned it. There's a four-episode run here, starting with episode 38, where things go <laughs> wildly off the rails for the Pokemon anime. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. What is episode 38 of Pokemon? So episode 38 is called Computer Warrior Porygon. Or okay, it sounds cool as hell. At least that's the direct Japanese translation. I think in the U.S. it was just called Electric Soldier Porygon, which is still pretty dope. Even better. <laughs> Both are really cool. <laughs> yeah. Compu- if you made me, if if I were Tanner Greenring, at the time Tanner Ringerud, signing up for a Xbox Live username in 1999, and you made me choose between Computer Warrior and... <laughs> Electric Soldier. Electric Soldier. I'd be like, I can't ch- I can't choose. God, that is good. A Computer Warrior is really good. <laughs> so anyway, episode 38, Computer Warrior slash Electric Soldier Porygon. Yeah. I don't think it made it to the US at all. And actually, I want to check this. Was it dubbed? Yeah, it was never dubbed into English because when it went live... On December 16th, 1997, in Japan, it resulted in over 700 Japanese people, ranging from 3 to 58 years old, very specific, suffering <laughs> suffering adverse... Not funny. It's, sorry, it's not funny. No. It's, it, Josh saying it's very specific is funny. It's not a funny thing that happened. No. 700 people suffered adverse health effects, including epileptic seizures, vomiting, irritated eyes, and other symptoms. Due to the use of a flashing strobe effect upon its only airing. And it was never rebroadcast. So this is the infamous Pokemon episode that gave 700 Japanese people seizures. Yeah. And a lot of them were epileptic and undiagnosed or didn't realize they were epileptic. And this is the first time that they had any kind of inkling. And by inkling, I mean like devastating seizure yeah all because of pokemon so there was there was something about the way that one scene in this episode was animated where porygon it's actually pikachu uses an electric attack on a group of vaccine missiles which of all the things to not be clarified in this wiki does that link out to anything no (laughs) 
I'm supposed to know what vaccine missiles are? What does that mean? Bulbapedia? That's some kind of precursor to the anti-vax movement, I bet. That's how it started. A computer virus. Porygon is the only digital Pokemon. Yeah. At the time. Right? Yeah. At the time. It doesn't exist in the real world. It only exists digitally. It's computer software, and then they upload it onto, like, you know, hardware, basically. So it is a, it's a computer warrior. <laughs> it's a, yeah. I don't know how else to clarify it. It's computer warrior. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a digital soldier. And... <laughs> and it shoots vaccines, and Pikachu zaps him with his electric powers, and it gave 700 people seizures across Japan, and they didn't even bother airing it in the U.S. My question for you, Josh, is... Do you want to, right now, on air, do a epilepsy check? I was about to ask because they in the Bulbapedia article, they have a GIF of it. I went to YouTube.com and I searched Porygon seizure episode. Is it on there? I mean, yeah. as we've seen in the past year, YouTube doesn't ban any upsetting content, am I right? The top link is Pokemon Electric Soldier Porygon seizure scene. View at your own risk. And I think what I'm about to do live on the episode is discover whether or not I have epilepsy. All right. Okay, you ready? We're going to find out what the vaccine missile is. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. Okay, so here come the missiles. It just literally is a syringe that gets fired out. Team Rocket and the gang are all there. Oh, there it is. Okay. Wow, that is like an unnecessary amount of flashing. So I just watched the scene, and I am... Of sound body and mind. I feel okay. We are not going to endorse. People should go and check this out. I don't think you should do this because it clearly didn't work out for 700 people in Japan, but I did not encounter seizures or headaches or nausea or anything along those lines. So I think I'm in the clear for a lot of the symptoms that some of these people experienced watching this originally. I also feel of sound body and mind, at least as sound as I can get. Am I right? We are in our cups, as <laughs> we mentioned. So. We have to stop talking about this episode because it's not the focus. The episode 38 incident. And as a result of that, they probably were just like, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and lay low for a little bit. Right. And then we get to Snow Way Out, which would have been the fourth episode in this series, but ultimately became the second episode. Right. And it is the second episode that we watched unfortunately <laughs> yeah it wasn't it didn't have the heft it didn't have the the weight behind it that the holiday hijinks did and i mean that in both a good way and a bad way because holiday hijinks was awful as described last week in so many ways in a different way yeah but it, it was at least a full episode and there was a lot to unpack we had an intimate conversation. Had an intimate conversation. We had a thought-provoking conversation. Challenging, thought-provoking conversation. <sighs> Nothing challenging about this one. This episode lacked any kind of substance, any kind of plot, any kind of meaning. It, it is just filler. And I feel bad for all of the people who had to work on it and write it and animate <laughs> it because it's just like this was nothing. It does have one tender scene that we'll we'll talk about eventually, but that's it. And it's not worth everything else that you have to go through. Shall we go through the episode point by point? Yes, yeah. is what Josh I says. do 
I do want to call out one thing and we we were running off our own notes but to make sure i didn't like miss any any major stuff when i was writing it down i went back and i checked out the bulbapedia summary and i gotta give a hat tip to whoever the hell wrote a 2011 word plot summary of this thing of snow way out there's not even 2011 words in the episode no and it is a longer summary than holiday hijinks Despite everything else going on with holiday hijinks, one line that will come into play is like, this is exactly what I was thinking as I was watching it too. So the episode sets up with Ash and the gang, Misty and Brock, at a fork in the road. And they don't really have any logical way of choosing which way to go. And for some reason, Ash is like hellbent. He sees a giant, icy, snowy mountain on one side and like a forest on the other. And he's like, a Pokemon master stays on course no matter what the challenge. I'm not going to let a little pile of snow stop me. Think I do. Let's take that. Yeah, it's a fucking hail of snow. Who gives and a shit? And I love that the objective summary that this Bulbapedia editor did, the one line he or she wrote, Ash's dense self decides to take the trail to the right. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> like, Misty and Brock are also like, oh, really? Like... Misty says to Ash, Ash, what if we took the left road instead? And they all just decide to follow Ash to the right hand. It's just like, <laughs> it's like the fucking Swiss Alps. <laughs> it's like, it's like 30K feet peaks and, and a thousand of them. Even the narrator goes, I've got a feeling of foreboding or something. Like even the narrator is like, this is not. A good idea. I have a feeling of foreboding. Nobody likes this idea. No. They go into the mountains, and for some reason, Jesse and James are there too. Yeah. Of Team Rocket fame. Because, and here's, and it's a, a very convoluted reason that they're there. And here's the reason. Oh, yeah. Jesse <laughs> comes from like a broken home. Yeah. Both of these episodes focus on her broken home, by the way, which is interesting. Yeah. Her parents were too poor to afford food, so every year at New Year's time, her mother would do something called Snogisborg. Yeah, get it? Snogisborg, one of the few cherished memories of my otherwise wretched childhood. She would take a bunch of snow and shape it into the shape of foods and serve it to Jesse with soy sauce on it and make her eat it. Soy sauce. What did I say? I'm emphasizing soy sauce. I say soy sauce funny because I'm from Minnesota. Oh, that's cute. Soy. 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 It's like suey, like calling a pig. Suey. People from Minnesota say soy. Okay. She eats a bunch of like onigiri and sushi and like weird random foods shaped out of snow with soy sauce on them here's a snow loaf with snow sauce a sampler of sushi snow rolls ida snow potatoes with snow sour cream and for dessert a bowl of your favorite snow pudding happy snogus board for that reason she's obsessed with snow she loves snow and she has dragged james and meowth to these mountains to just frolic in the snow so that she can like feel nostalgia. Something that really grinds my gears in this episode. What is it, Peter? Everyone 
wears their normal outfits. Like, they're in the middle of the fucking snow. Yes. Jessie is making an, a snow angel in her, like, her high heels, her, like, ankle-length boots, and, like, a short skirt. No jacket. No one has a jacket. As discussed last week, Jessie is, is in very revealing outfit. Yeah. She's in, like, a very short halter top and a little cropped jacket and a very short skirt. I would even say this. James is in a pretty provocative outfit. Yeah. He's at least somewhat more weather appropriate, but like he's in like long pants and then like a skin tight top and a similarly cropped jacket. But he's got that black undershirt, which could be like Uniqlo heat tech, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Probably not. James and Jesse are both... Very sexy. They can't stop being sexy even in the middle of a snowstorm. Can we agree on that? No, I agree. Can we agree that they're sexy? They got something for everyone. Jessie's got a sexuality around her that is apparent. James has this, like, very appealing, like, androgyny. He's got, like, a David Bowie in Labyrinth kind of a vibe. Yeah. Which I was very into. There's a scene in this episode where they need to imagine that they're in warm places. And James imagine he's imagines that he's on the beach and he's wearing like a slinky little like tiny like bikini bottom. I remember I remember seeing that when I was a kid and something. I didn't know what yet. <laughs> something was there. They're very sexy characters. And it shows that they can change outfits, at least when changing outfits involves, like, revealing even more skin. Right. But they will not put... (laughs) They will not put on a coat. No, they won't. I gotta say, watching these two episodes of the anime, I just, like, I'm into Team Rocket. Oh, they were always cool. I like their thing. So they're there in the mountains, too. They say their motto... Which, continuing with the theme of Team Rocket is cool, their motto is so cool. Oh, yeah, their theme. Prepare for trouble. And make it double. To protect the world from devastation. To unite all peoples within our nation. To denounce the evils of truth and love. To extend our reach to the stars above. Jesse. James. Team Rocket, blasts off at the speed of light. Surrender now or prepare to fight. And then who wants to do meow this stupid, like, Bronx? Meow, that's right. (laughs) Meow, that's right. (laughs) Meow sucks. Uh, He doesn't really add anything to any of this. This motto is so cool, though. It is great. It's good. How familiar are you with the Green Lantern mythos? Little to none. (laughs) No, I figured. He's got, like, a lantern? It's green? He's got a he's got a a lantern motto. Okay. What? He, it's like physically a lantern. Yeah. It's how he recharges his power ring. Okay. <laughs> what do, what are you confused about? It's how he recharges his power ring. It's like you are you green ring. You've got that. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I convinced my wife to take the last name Green Ring because of how much I love Green Lantern. Wow. Really? I mean, it happens to be a combo of your names, but you threw that in, too, just to seal the deal. Green Lantern is my favorite superhero, and he he also has an, an oath. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. That's cool. And that is what Team 
Rocket's motto reminded me of. Oh, made me quiver. <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. Very good. I love Team Rocket. I think they're very cool in this episode. Yeah. Actually, it was like the combo of these two episodes with their Gyarados sub and their Meowth blimp. They have so many like good slash bad lines and puns. I think it's Jesse. Let's make like the snow and drift. And then they try to get into their Meowth balloon to like go and track the twerps. And then uh, it just literally drifts away, which is also funny. Let's make like the snow and drift. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they lose their blimp. So they're also stranded in the snow. Right. So it starts getting gusty because it's like, oh, there's about to be a snowstorm. And Pikachu also gets knocked away in a gust. Yeah. Pikachu just gets (laughs) fucking taken by the wind. Misty and Brock are following Ash through the mountains and there's a blizzard and they're like, should we turn back or at least like set up camp? And Ash is like, no, fuck you. Let's keep moving. And then Ash sends out Pidgeotto and Pidgeotto still has his like signature scream from (laughs) who's that Pokemon? (laughs) Pidgeotto, scout ahead and see if there's a trail. And Pidgeotto's like, Which is the right way to feel. It's like, go scout out the snowstorm. Yeah. And then before Pidgeotto can even come back, P- P- Ash brings out Pikachu, and Pikachu just gets fucking taken by the wind. <laughs> just blown down into, like, like, a crevasse. So Ash goes chasing after Pikachu, loses track of... Oh, yeah. I <laughs> also love that Brock is like, no, leave him. We, we can't... <laughs> Fuck we'll Pikachu. get separated... Leave Ash and Pikachu. They're on their own. Yeah. (laughs) Because Brock's big idea is to tunnel in for the evening. Yeah, make a snow cave. So Ash goes after Pikachu, finds him clinging to the side of a cliff. Ash pulls out his Bulbasaur and has Bulbasaur do Vine Whip. And that actually brings me to a segment. Tanners, you make me barf Pokemon in the week, and this week it's Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur wouldn't what? normally Bulbasaur's be. Bulbasaur's a sweetie. I know, and I hate to say this. It's a it's a Pokemon light episode of the anime. That's true. Yeah, there are like seven in this one. And as I was watching Bulbasaur extend its vine whips down to catch Pikachu and Ash reeling his vine whips back in, I got to thinking, I was like, wait a second. What the fuck are Bulbasaur's vine whips? <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Why are you always thinking about this? Because it's like, it's an animal. It's like a lizard animal. And it doesn't have vines. They're not vines. Well, they're coming, they come out of like the part of his body where the bulb is intersecting with his body. I think it might be mucus. It's like a Jumanji vibe where it's just one of those like smart plants. Either way, it grosses me out. You know, it's like a tentacle. Ugh, it's like so gross to think about. What is this thing? It is like a tentacle, yeah. I, I don't think Bulbasaur necessarily is an you gross make me barf Pokemon of the week, but like Bulbasaur deploying vines to save Pikachu, and especially like watching Ash like reel the vines back in, it's like, ugh, I just like, I hate to think about like what the- they feel <laughs> like, you know? That I didn't like, yeah, that's true. So that's that's my you make me barf of the week is... Bulbasaur's gross vines. Okay. But then Ash... Under the circumstances. 
Ash pulls out his entire arsenal of Pokemon. For some reason, Ash has every starter. He's got Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Pidgeotto, and Pikachu. That's Ash's lineup. Yeah, despite how bad he is at battling and like general strategy as depicted in this episode, he's got rare mons. And shouldn't have those rare mons from if the games are any indication. Also to demonstrate again, like his general failure as a human being as a Pokemon trainer, before taking out all of those Pokemon, he first tries to dig a snow cave with his bare hands. And he's wearing his normal outfit as well. Fingerless gloves. He's wearing a sleeveless vest, short sleeves, and a, and a fingerless gloves. Yeah. I'll just dig a snow cave. And then after like 10 seconds, he's like, oh, uh, my hands are, are too numb. And Pikachu's freezing to death through all this. Yeah. Pikachu is like tucked up, which was very sweet. Very sweet. I love Pikachu's voice. I don't know who did Pikachu's voice acting, but it's like so cute and so tender and so precious. He pulls out all his Pokemon, and they work as a team to generate an ice cave. Charmander comes out and blasts us, uh, the side of the mountain with flamethrower, which creates a cave. A perfect door frame. <laughs> Squirtle then patches over it with water, which turns into ice to create a door, and they are entombed in this cave. And then there's a lot of confusing stuff that happens around Charmander's tail flame because Charmander uses his tail flame to warm everyone up. I was under the assumption that Charmander's tail flame was not actually a flame. What did you think it was? Well, it seems extremely dangerous if it is. It's just an open fire. The lore with Charmander is that if its flame ever goes out, then it dies. It's just an open fire. It's like a, a roaring open fire. Well, he controls it, and this is also what triggers my segment. Charmander is. Joshy, sweetie. That makes sense. Because he's got his normal flame, but then there's a scene once they're in the snow cave, and Charmander turns around and, like, shows all the other Pokemon his butt, his tail. And then he, like, flares it up more, and then it basically it warms them all up. I mean, they're all making cute sounds, but his is the cutest, where he's just like, char, char. They all make such cute sounds. Char. Squirtle. Baba char. Char. And that was so sweet to me that I was, I mean, and he was already a sweetie. He's got those doe eyes like Dragonair, you know? Bulbasaur's sound is pretty cute, too, though. Bulbasaur goes, Baba char. Char. Char, Char. Boba. Boba, Char. Boba, Char. It's good. Yeah. All these Pokemon are real cuties. Meanwhile, back at the rocket camp, they did not catch their blimp, and they also are, like, dying of hypothermia. But they, like, made an igloo somehow, and James has a good line where he's like, We'll never be we'll never be able to live in this ugloo. <laughs> How are we ever going to survive in this ugloo? That is good. That was a good one. James and Meowth decide to fantasize. Well, all of them decide to fantasize about warm places, which is when we get sexy James on the beach. Meowth fantasizes about a hot springs and Jesse fantasizes about being in a winter coat in the desert surrounded by heaters. 
James and Meowth begin to nod off, which is actually a, the first sign of hypothermia. And you should actually like, this is a hot a pro tip for bug trainers out there. Straight from Jesse from Team Rocket is if you're ever out in the cold and the person you're with starts to nod off, wake them up. It's very dangerous for someone suffering from hypothermia to go to sleep. Okay. They could enter and slip into a coma. Good note. Safety tip. So Jesse very astutely wakes up James and Meowth and says, stay awake, idiots. And I think, is that when we get, who's that Pokemon? It's right around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cut to commercial. Who's that Pokemon? We'll reveal the answer when we come back. Who's that Pokemon? It's Muck. It's Muck. It was very obviously Muck. This is an easy game. Who's that Pokemon? Yeah, and Muck actually could have been your You Make Me Barf. Now, he literally looks like a pile of barf. His name backwards is Cum, which is gross. Oh, God. You know, I somehow never caught that one. Okay. You know, Arbok's name backwards is Cobra. Cobra. I do know that. And Ekans, and Ekans is... backwards is Snake, and, and Muck backwards is Cobra. <laughs> yeah. That's another good fact. F- flashback to Ash in the cave. So Squirtle froze the cave wall into the, the opening in the cave, into a wall of snow, and kept out most of the, the harsh weather. But a chunk of the snow falls down. All of the Pokemon are out helping Ash make this cave, like, sound against the weather right yeah and then at some point ash is like all of you need to get back in your pokeballs it's warmer in there and they all protest charmander's flame starts going out because he's like exerting more force to keep it big so that's why he then is like oh shit he's like all of you need to get back in your balls it's warmer in your balls every single pokemon protests to the degree that it made me wonder what the conditions are like within the balls. Yeah. <laughs> they would all rather freeze to death than get back into their balls. Yeah, it was a troubling, troubling moment. It's so, it's so distressing. Yeah. None of them want to get back into their balls. They all just want to stay out. Ash eventually all forces them back into their balls at, at like a lot of protesting. They're literally all screaming as they go back into their balls screaming cutely to not put them back into this like hospital room probably looking like all metallic like it's hell it's hell maybe warm ball well and it's only warm because ash has taken off his vest and wrapped wrapped it around the balls the only pokemon that wouldn't get in its ball is pikachu classic big chunk of the wall keeping the weather out falls and ash selflessly jams his back up against the hole thinking that he will die and catch hypothermia before he lets any of his Pokemon die. Yeah, and he's like, as long as you're safe, then I'll be fine. Or like his voice. As long as you're safe, I'll be fine. And that's actually a really good... I promise I'm going to be okay. As long as I know you're safe. Did have to watch a lot of this shit when I was growing up. All the Pokemon break out of their balls, which is not something I was aware they could do. Yeah, and I, I think the one of the trivia that I read on this was that that's like one of only two times where they they break out of the ones that are normally in Pokeballs. Oh, Squirtle? Squirtle, Squirtle, 
Bulbasaur? Abashar. Charmander. Cha-cha. Pidgeotto? Yeah. My friends. They decide that if Ash is going to die, they're going to die with him, and they all snuggle up on Ash. And then it's the scene from the meme where Ash is crying and smiling, and he says, we're all going to freeze together. And he keeps, he keeps muttering this. He's like, we're all going to freeze together. We're all going to freeze together. We're all going to freeze together. And he's smiling, and he's crying, and it's a scene from a meme. And all of them are draped over him, all the Pokemon. Yeah. That moment was pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. The next morning, none of them are worse for the wear. Ash is fine. He's back in his vest. Everyone has survived the night. I guess Ash survived because his Pokemon snuggled up against him. I guess it worked. Although I assume that both Charmander and Bulbasaur are cold-blooded, right? Because they're lizards. No, I mean, Charmander has some heat from his fire. It's not like out. But I can't imagine Squirtle's particularly... Oh, yeah, he's a turtle. That's pretty miraculous. The blizzard has passed. They they break out of their cave. They walk out, and Misty and Brock are right there, and they have Onyx, who has dug them a cave <laughs> to survive in. <laughs> Brock, like, rubs it in his face, too. It's like, oh, yeah, or... Onyx found uh found a hot spring. So they were like <laughs> chilling. Onyx dug us a cave and found a hot spring and Missy's like it was actually really nice. And then in that same moment they find the like beached Team Rocket Meowth yeah. hot air balloon and they're like well, let's get out of here. We'll just steal Team Rocket's balloon. Yeah, it all turns around real quick. Va- Brox is like it's out of fuel, but we'll just use Vulpix, which makes me wonder like why do we even have fuel? <laughs> yeah. Why is fuel even an issue? Vulpix had all the flamethrower breath it needed to make this balloon work, and like Pikachu's full of electricity. Like, why are we concerned with generating fuel? It does clearly exhaust them because Charmander couldn't like keep up the flame. Yeah, but you know how many fucking Vulpixes I've come across in my goddamn time in Kanto region? <laughs> you know how many Vulpixes I came across in the Pokemon Mansion? A thousand. I'll capture a thousand Vulpixes and they'll do flame breath at infinitum. That just makes you know better than Santa at that point. You're just collecting thousands of Pokemon to do your bidding? I'll feed them. That's it? So they escape. (laughs) I guess it's better than being in a Pokeball. They find a town and they're saved, our heroes. Jesse, James, and Meowth have somehow found the hot spring. (laughs) They're still around, by the way. Yeah, they they dip out for a, quite a while in this one. At the end of the episode, they have found the hot spring, and they are settled into it thinking, we're fine, we've found this hot spring. They do a good take on their, like, Team Rocket is blasting off again thing, but this time they go, Team Rocket is warming up again! And they're just, like, hanging out. That was cute. But then they can't decide if the hot spring is too hot. because So they stand up and they're like, oh, it's too cold out here. And they dip down and they're like, oh, the hot spring is too hot. But they like they can't leave. Have you seen the movie Dante's Peak? Of course. That one I've seen. Do you know the scene at the beginning of the, the movie where the two teenagers die in the hot spring because it starts to flash boil? Yeah. Did you know that I have a lifelong fear of hot springs because of that? Jesus. No, I did not know that. That's true. I grew up in Colorado. Colorado is full of like natural hot springs, which are just like, there's like a mountain somewhere that has a hot spring on it. And it's like, when you really think about it, it's like, 
oh, what this hot spring is is a vent in a fucking like volcano. That is kind of fucked up. I've never, I've actually never been to a hot spring. It's like a vent in a volcano. It could just blow up at any it time. It could just open up and like flash boil you like those two teenagers in Dante's Peak. Yeah. And that's kind of what James and Jesse are experiencing in this hot spring. Oh my God. I think about that every time I get into a hot spring. I'm just like, is this going to open up and flash every, flash boil Every me? time I get into a hot spring. When you're from Colorado, it happens lifestyle. a lot. Lifestyle you eating. Okay. <laughs> They're all over the place. You can't even walk 10 feet without tripping into not a... in Colorado. It's a hot spring, not a puddle. You can't, you can't walk 10 feet without getting stoned and tripping into a hot spring. That'll boil you to death. It's a death trap, Colorado. Yeah. That's the end of the episode. Do we want to talk about Pikachu's jukebox? Well, we have to. Because once again, it is so good. To be a master was one Such of my... Such a good fucking song. It was favorite so good. songs growing up. When I was a really a big pokehead, like that is a banger. It's so good. It was such a good song. I was like, "Fuck me!" The last episode, Pikachu jukebox was really good, and I was like, "Man, these are good." Yeah. And then this one, I was like, man, these are so good. <laughs> it's like one of the best songs. Pokemon Dance Mix and To Be a Master and... Road to Viridian City that are all on this like To Be a Master album. Those are the three best. Pokemon Dance Mix is sick. Okay. I don't go to clubs. If there was a club that had it, that is a club I would go to. So the soundtracks to these episodes are great. Pikachu's jukebox, so good. Pikachu's got great taste in music. It reminds me of Joshi's jukebox, which is that every time there's a bar that has one of those like digital touch tunes jukeboxes, yeah. <laughs> Josh is always like the commander of it for me. <laughs> like if there was a jukebox, I beeline. <laughs> you, you better believe you're gonna hear hanging around by Counting Crows. You better believe you're going to hear it, Carly Rae Jepsen. I do a lot of New Order as well. Carly Rae Jepsen, no one is going to be upset with that. No, great. That's great. That's always great. That is this week's episode, and it was not as good as last week's episode, but we still found a lot to talk about. And... We are both confident that we do not have epilepsy now, which is good. Next week, we'll be back with regularly scheduled programming. You will hear the penultimate episode of season one, wherein we defeat Giovanni for the last time. Yeah. And then after that, you will hear the final episode of season one. And then it's just right into season two by way of Pokemon Snap. 
which Josh and I are getting together this Friday to play. I took off work. Yeah, me too. We're very busy, very busy men. We have to <laughs> make time for these other important matters. So that's it. Oh, we can't do Odd Lang Syne again. No. My name has been Auld Lang Syne, Tanner Greenring. Josh's name has been something about Auld Lang Syne with Josh in it. This week, we watched the episode of the anime called Snow Way Out. Next week, we will be finishing up the Kanta region. We will be defeating Giovanni and moving on to the Indigo Plateau. This has been Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast. Joshua, if you could be so kind as to rate and read the show on Apple Podcasts. Oh, believe me, I have. And Spotify same for you, bug catchers. Tell all of your friends tonight. And your family. To download this and listen to this show before they go head head back home. Tell your weird Uncle Kenny. Or they're heading back on the subway from getting lit. Follow us on Twitter at experienceSharePod.com. Follow us on Instagram at ExpSharePod. Thank you for joining us. Joshua, bug catchers, smell you later. Smell you in the new year. Smell you in the new year. Yeah. <laughs>